Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Father God, we ask, we ask you right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, through the wisdom and the counsel that you've given us through your truth, through your word, through your spirit, to discern those things that are, that are at hand, Lord God, to give us your peace, to discern correctly the fruit, to not be deceived, Lord God, in these very treacherous days. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your truth that comes through your word and through your Holy Spirit that you've sent to lead us into all truth. I thank you, Father God, that you're not, you are with us in the midst of this very, these fiery trials, these confusions, these onslaughts of evil and the wiles of Satan. I thank you, Lord God, that you give us your peace. I thank you, Jesus, that we are, you keep us through your love, through your forgiveness, through your unity, through your word, <clears throat> in the truth, that the fruit of the truth is peace and rest and confidence in our God, who, whose battle this belongs to. If the battle is yours, Lord, so I pray that you give us sweet hearts to do and rightly divide your holy word of truth and god i thank you that jesus your son willingly laid down his life on the cross that he cried out from the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do i thank you lord god that whosoever will call upon the name of the lord shall be saved whoever receives that forgiveness lord god and i thank you jesus that grace is good you are good and the enemy hates us i thank you lord that you've shown us you've given us power over that spirit of the world, the, the God of this age, the, the wiles of the devil, through your wisdom, through your counsel, through your word, and through your truth. And so I pray, Father God, right now, that you'd protect us, that, you'd, we, that you said that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken. And the many actions that have been taken against the body of Christ, against the bride of Christ, to deceive her, to rip and sh- tear her to shreds, to separate us from you, Lord God, from your love, from your goodness, from your protection, that we would be not on, that we would not be ignorant of these devices of the evil one, Father. But now that you'd give us instruction, give us your peace in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, or whatever time it is that you're listening to this. And is it good? It's always good if God yeah. is in it. Yeah, but God's um, good. yeah, let me just say a little bit about. First of all, you guys listen to us every week, and some of you know who we are. Um, I'm Margie, and I'm Jerry, and we. Uh, represent True Light Church and uh, Life Recovery. And uh, we, we are older and Lord, we've been around in Jesus for many, many years, decades, actually. So we've been around, done a lot, seen a lot, went through a lot, learned a lot, uh, you know, through the universities of affliction and, and adversity, mm-hmm. which are God's major institutes of instruction. And so we have a lot to say. And I feel like today, honey, this subject that we're talking about is a dangerous subject simply because it's like getting up real close to a sinkhole and trying to look down in it and see what's going on and not get pulled into a, a, a major demonic snare ourselves. It's difficult to t- attack and, 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 and warn people of certain things. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the shack attack. So, uh, you know, before we get started, I know you've got a lot to say on this, more specific details than me, but I got to preface this with a, with a couple of things that are just bothering me. Number one, I don't like to talk about these kinds of deliberate, specific uh, 
issues because all of the issues are mostly contrived. They're, they're artificial. They're set up by the enemy to create a fight, a battle, a schism, a division, and, you know, to set people up in opposition to one another. Uh, when the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but Satan's whole eternal internal system is to divide and conquer. And the ones he's trying to conquer are us. And he, so he has to divide us either against ourselves individually or within and among ourselves or within and among the church. It's always to divide and conquer. So I'm going to tell you, I'm approaching this subject with the understanding that Jesus said in Matthew 24. And let's go there for just a second. And then Jerry, I'll give you some time to tell us what you want to say here. But in Matthew 24, he says, uh, he's talking about the end and we are in the end. And if you don't believe we're near the end or in the end or the wrap up, you know, scenes of act three, um, then you better check out again and get your head out of the sand. But anyway, bless you for not wanting to know, I, I suppose. But he says in the beginning, he says, uh, in Matthew 24, he says, Jesus answered them and said, take heed that no one deceives you. This is when he's talking about the end. When will, what will uh, the signs of these things be of your coming and of the end of the age? And so he says that no one deceive you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. Okay. Let's just stop right there. Deception is one of the uh, favorite schemes, D- divide, conquer, divination, deception, one of the, f- the, the special strategies, favorite strategies of the devil. Well, the enemy's been doing that since the Garden of Eden. You know, she, he was deceiving Eve. Basically, he is a liar and a deceiver. Right. And he doesn't come on just saying, hey, you know, I am this gross destroyer. <laughs> I'm going to lie to you and destroy you. No, what I'm telling you is a lie. Yeah. But I want you to believe it anyway, because my goal is to destroy you physically, spiritually, yeah. eternally. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come across that way. The, the enemy comes with very subtle kinds of things. He can come with overt lies. You know, the, the old propaganda uh, method of yeah. the big lie, where if you tell a lie long, long enough. enough, over yeah. and over, enough, repeat it off, often enough, people will begin to believe it. So he, he does that, too. But then he Repetition. makes he, he 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 is an imitator. He cannot. He's a counterfeiter. Mm-hmm. He he cannot uh, duplicate. He can only imitate. He imitates yeah. God for and the purposes of destroying for the, the truth. For the purposes of destroying, and it's something mm-hmm. that can look seems to be so much uh, like God, so yeah, good, yeah, so yeah. emotional, so heartfelt that um, you yeah, know, yeah, that's that exactly will will. Fall for it. Yeah, exactly. Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, if the light that is in you, that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? He said, don't judge by appearances and make wrong conclusions. You know, we already know that if you know your Bible, and that's the problem. A lot of these people who are being pulled into this huge demonic net, he's fishing for our souls. And they're being pulled in because they don't recognize it as a snare. They're not familiar. Like if you lived in the jungle and you saw these nets and how they were set you would be very wise and cautious and you wouldn't get caught in these nets, but people who just run through the jungle of life and don't really know what a net looks like and or the purpose of it or how it works um, are more easily caught in it. We don't realize the spiritual warfare, the treachery of what we're living in every, every moment of our life, the psychological, the emotional, the physical, the biological uh, treacheries, the things that are set up against our emotions are, and, and plays on our fears. 
Well, one of the one of the latest things that we can use is as a specific. Now, there's always something that's coming along. Yeah. That's very um, subtle, very deceptive. A few years ago, we had the uh, what was that one? Uh, the purpose driven life. The purpose purpose driven life. The purpose driven church. Yeah. That, that people got enamored with. Well, let's and, talk about that for a second. The purpose driven. You know, just reading the title of that book. The purpose driven. If you knew your Bible, you would know that the Bible never uses the term purpose driven. It is spirit led. And if you know that much, you don't need to get sucked up into that trap of what happened in the end was all these people got ex- excited about working and setting goals and and setting themselves up with with uh, uh, making vows and uh, resolutions and trying harder. And they all got exhausted trying to perform to please to be perfect to be good enough to make God happy. And they all got very disillusioned. They got set up for failure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and churches all across the nation yeah, were bought into that. They had adult classes on, yep. you got to do this. This is the fan. They handed this out is, free books. This is, this is, that was, this was all, all I know. rage. I know, and, but uh, it was, it was just a, just is a strategic step-by-step agenda of Satan to take down the church, to take down our, our, um, our, our love for God by, by switching it over. I think, if we can just say this for a second, the devil, well, we'll get to that later, but he's, he's switching the center point of the gospel to works and performance as opposed to rest and, and forgiveness and it's finished. Well, but, one, of, one of the latest, um, you know, deceptions that's come along here is this book, The Shack. It was a, a novel mm-hmm. uh, written by a, a William P. Young. It's a best-selling novel. Came out about 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it sold over 20 million copies uh, tra- it's been translated into 39 different languages. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, it depicts, uh, again, it is a novel. It depicts uh, God the Father as a woman named Papa Eloisia, if I'm pronouncing that right. Je- uh, Jesus is despi- depicted as a Jewish carpenter, and the Holy Spirit is depicted as an Asian woman with a Hindu name. Um, yeah. And, and people, um, you know, so-called faith leaders, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Faith what leaders, faith? Which faith? Yeah, which faith? Uh-huh, you know, know. Um, uh, from all over the all over the nation are uh, uh, lauding this, praising, uh, saying that it's just it's just wonderful, spectacular. There are yeah. leaders and representatives from the Salvation Army, from Young Life, from Cram- Family Christian Bookstores, which, by the way, is closing all their stores now. Um, the Christian Post, K Love. CBN, TBN, celebrities, Michael W. Smith, Joel Houston of the Hillsong United, uh, even the Chip and Joanna uh, Gaines of the HGTV's Fixer Upper Show, as well as no, numerous pastors throughout the nation have given it their, given this their uh, full yeah, endorsement. Boy. You know, bishops, leaders of denominations mm-hmm. are saying mm-hmm. to their churches, hey, we want you to get all your people Okay, but why? To why are this. why are they endorsing this? Why why is there such a full scale, uh, you know, movement, if you will, uh, to to full, fall into? Then why do individuals? I've talked to individuals who've seen the movie, and I started writing reading the book actually myself back many years ago, and I got to probably a third of the way through the book, and I said, ah, this is not this is not God. This is not, and yet it's a rec- recommended reading, required reading in some of our major treatment programs that say they're Christian, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if it's always wonderful to name names because sometimes people change their minds on things and they get tricked and then they recant. But the thing is, Paul did name names. 
in Act Alexander. Sure the, you know, and I think that's for the safety of the. Uh, and we don't like to do that because we don't want to be brought into the the fray of being used by the devil to divide. We're simply here to um, help you to understand not only this particular piece is, issue, but all the issues that have been brought before the believers. Then they don't know how to discern them, whether it's a, a, an issue of homosexuality or gay marriage or abortion. We all have, you know, we've been the, the same premise Satan is trying to use because we as Christians do not know the truth and how to put the truth in the context of love and love in the context of truth. But listen to this. So in the movie or in the book, you know, what, what, what they're doing is it's very, it feeds, it pulls you in. It's a, it's very well very written. Emotional. Well, right. Exactly. So it, it pulls in the, the viewer with the emotional pain of the hero. Uh, and then is, we begin in that emotional empathy. This is with every movie. This isn't just the shack, but this is how they do this. They pull you in to get you to uh, identify with the hero. And now you're beginning to, to, it's beginning to pull up within your own being, your own personal injustices and injuries, um, and, and begins to incite that injustice, that anger, uh, because of those un- things have not been resolved. And so now we're pulled along with this man, and so we're going to believe, you know, agree with, uh, feel with him, um, and, and begin to make our decisions based on our emotions um, and then our feelings. And, you know, this is a dangerous thing because when we begin to look at our emotions um, and, and, be, and base our truth on our emotions, uh, it, it's a dangerous place to be. Well, it, it really what we know of as the emergent church is, is, uh, is, is bringing that in, that we determine truth by what by our experience what we yes. think is true by what we think what, what we, we feel, feel. Mm-hmm. what our experience in life that determines true right and and or what it makes us feel like you know yeah, right. makes us feel something truth is not based on how you feel or how something makes you feel right. yet yeah. this becomes our basis our dividing uh determining uh, criteria for yeah, truth right and you hear and you see a lot of movies it's it's a matter of you know follow your heart mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. and the bible what, says yeah. that if you follow your own heart you're yeah. a fool yeah it says in proverbs uh-huh. uh jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above, above all things else. and mm-hmm. desperately wicked who can know it but let, let me just touch on and some of these and again we're, we're we're talking about more general uh areas of of discernment discerning truth from error uh, and now, uh, the key, the, some of the key messages from from the book, The Shack, and now the movie, is that um, mankind is not to judge anyone. God submits to people because He doesn't want anyone to be slaves to His will. God will never judge mankind for their sins. There is no eternal punishment in hell. There is no holy justice because God is all love. And God forgave everyone on the cross, regardless of whether they ever repent or not. Now, and all will be eventually make it to heaven. Everybody's going to eventually make it to heaven, which we call universalism. Now, God, on the cross, Jesus provided forgiveness. Yes, he did. The potential for forgiveness for the whole world, Mm -hmm. for all mankind. Mm -hmm. But it's the choice that we have to make, the call that we have is to repent and to believe that it's just because you, you know, mm-hmm. it just automatically, just because the store is full of all kinds of goods, 
It doesn't mean that you can have them. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you automatically they're all years. You go in. You have to purchase them. You purchase them. Now <laughs> right. we don't purchase our salvation, right. but we have to make a decision, take an act of faith to go in there and get what God has received, what God has provided. Right. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, as many as who received Him, to Him gave Him power to become the sons of God. Right. So. Um, you know, it, it's like well, it's uh, it's like this when they get into this emotional frenzy, and we're basing all of what we believe to be true on our emotions or our feelings or how it makes us feel. You're you're pulled along in this story to come to these various conclusions, and whether you understand and have clearly discerned that it's as specific as you know uh, nobody's going to go to hell or uh, God is you know God doesn't judge us blah 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 whatever all these you have already made an agreement. In the beginning of that, of that of any movie, to go along with the conclusions of the movie, and this is how Satan pulls people into agreements. You don't resist it. You are passive. You don't say, "Well, wait a minute, is that really line up to the Word of God?" How many people left that movie saying, "Does is this really what Jesus says? Is this really?" I, I, unfortunately, most of them wouldn't even number one ask the question, and number two have the background information in the Word of God to know how to answer the question. Well, well here's the issue, and you hear reports of people you know, leaving the movie with tears in their eyes, mm-hmm. hugging one another mm-hmm. in, in, in the, in the uh, foyer, mm-hmm. the entry of the, of the theater and so forth. But what you're saying, honey, the reason these types of things prosper is because people, there's biblical illiteracy. People right. have no knowledge of the truth. Right. So, so the thing is, if you don't have a standard of truth, mm-hmm. okay, which in our case is, is the word of God, the scriptures, then you're faced with what? What is your standard going to be? Is it going to be what you think? Well, what it's you your feel? experiences then. It's your emotions. It's your, your feelings. It's your emotions. And it's and that is where we operate out of the soul, and that's the called the flesh, as Paul defined it in Romans chapter seven. If you walk in the flesh, you're going to come into the condemnation and the confusion. But if you walk in the spirit, you will know stuff. And so you're right. They don't. They don't have a. a there's two problems. Number one, they don't have the biblical foundation of knowing what God really says. And secondly, they are basing what they think about what God says on their emotions and their feelings. And they've come into the agreements through their emotions uh, to uh, conclude with these twisted presentations of God. Right. And, and there's a guy named uh, Randy Elkhorn. And this is what he wrote concerning the shack, the book in 2012, because Lionsgate Entertainment is the one that got the rights to do the, the movie. But anyway, in 2012, here's what Randy Elkhorn wrote. And I'm quoting him. My concern is for those who think they are coming closer to God, those that you know are reading the book and now seeing the movie, it would be, when they actually may be altering the biblical revelation of God into a form that is more pleasant to them because he seems less holy and fearsome. If that's the case, then they're not closer to God at all, just closer to a false god, an idol constructed in the image of our contemporary need for acceptance and forged by our resistance, submission, and accountability. And then a guy named Roger Patterson goes on to say, you will find distorted shadows of the true God in the pages and scenes of the shack, but you will not find him in his full triune glory. That can only be found in the pages of Scripture, um, only God can truly heal the wounded heart and satisfy the longings of the soul. 
So exactly. we're saying that, <clears throat> yeah, those are know, good the, quotes. A lot of people have the idea, and oftentimes this has been portrayed. We've portrayed God, mm-hmm. you know, in our own image, right? In yeah. our own conjuring up his his personality, his characteristics, his word, according to our own understanding and our own limitations, and used God and the Word of God even to build our own empires. Right, right, exactly. Oh my, that was loaded what you said there. But you <laughs> no. know, Romans says, Paul says to the Romans, "Behold the goodness and the severity of, of God. God." Now, oftentimes the church has made God seem, you know, harsh, dull, yeah. unreasonable, on one side, legalistic, mm-hmm. and, and and just you know, and a lot of people the just, baseball bat version yeah, of the God. Beast, yeah, mm-hmm. you, if you make one false move, and he'll yeah. whack you. And then the other side yep. of it is that God is just so mushy-mushy that he'll accept anybody, anywhere, anytime, anything. All Everybody's roads lead to heaven. To heaven. So yeah, this, exactly. the shack and some of these other things are, are, are putting people more toward that universal thing that yep. everybody well, is going to be saved regardless of what religion, is, whether they repent yep. or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will not judge sin. And, and what, what we're seeing here is things absolutely contrary to scripture. And if you, if a person, we have become so undiscerning for the most part in the church, because why? We do not know the word of God. And And if you don't know the word of God, you don't know the God of the word. Well, that's right. And we don't know the days we're living in. And the agenda here of, again, people are not putting this in the context of spiritual warfare. They're not, they're very naive and gullible and and casual about everything. We're so casual, we've become the casualties. But the spiritual warfare agenda here is to move people, exactly what you said, into that big lump, that big mass of collective spirituality, religion, everywhere. Everybody's religion, everybody's ideas of God are accepted, except one, the one that's excluded from that mass lump of of hysteria and and globalism and global religion is Jesus Christ himself and the remnant of Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said, when I come back, will I even find faith on the earth? Because so many of the people that he died to save have been sucked off into deception. Uh, and I don't know at what point that deception becomes the, de- the destruction of a person. I know we're all deceived in other various ways. The Holy Spirit comes to us. But basically, if you don't, you know, if you don't love the truth, you won't come to the light. And, you know, if, if and Jesus said, here's how you kind of discern this. Uh, he says, you know, by their fruits, you shall know them. He said, don't be deceived in Matthew. Why did he say that? Because the, the heading for the end of the age, the heading for the end of the world, the return of Jesus Christ, the heading over that chapter is do not be deceived. He said, many are going to come in my name, uh, false pro- Christ, false prophets saying, you know, I'm here, I'm there. And how many people have chased after these, 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 uh, I don't know what you call them, circuses, if you will. I don't know. Um, and, and they're not, but they're not getting any stronger in Christ. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many, uh, many will be offended. Here's a, here's the problem. When we talk about, you know, your pet little project, if it's the shack or whatever you're standing for at this moment, we're not saying God cannot work through the shack to bring someone to salvation. We're not saying God can't through the, work through the mouth of an atheist to get someone set free and saved. We, exactly. we're, not, we're not limiting God to anything that God wants to do. But we're saying as a general purpose, this is a tool of darkness. And it's part of the, the, the agenda to get people into a one world religion. And if you're being pushed, moved, compelled through your emotions, through ignorance, through others, 
through the, 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 the frenzy of this thing, as we see so many believers now, they're, they're, not, they're not suffering for righteousness sake. They're being moved to come into and come into an agreement under the, and Satan is distorting the word of God. He's saying, um, you know, it's, it's through love. It's through, it's through, uh, unity. It's through, uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah, God is love. God is unity. And this is where it becomes very difficult because the truth must be told and the truth sets people free. So Jesus said here, he says immediately, um, well, uh, he says, you by their fruits, you shall know them. He says, many will come false prophets in Matthew seven fifteen. he says beware of the false prophets you know they're not just in the end days they were every day they were in his day who come to you in sheep's clothing um, who inwardly they're ravenous wolves um, you shall know them by their fruit do men gather grapes from thorns or, or, or figs from thistles you know every tree even so every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Bottom line, by their fruits. When you reduce down, not, not just this movie, but when you reduce down anything you're doing in your life, anything you're listening to out of your soul, any emotion, every, any thought, when you reduce it down, where is it coming from? Enjoy and love and goodness in God, or does it reduce down to stress, fear, uh, apprehension? It's up to me. I've got to do it myself. But but what you're saying, stress, fear, apprehension, I got to do it myself. This is this has been a, almost like a core operating principle in a lot of elements of Christianity. Right, and, and so, so they see so, God that so way. So yeah. You, so you see God that way. Yeah. That's why this shack has such a pull and such an influence. To the opposite. To, to the, the opposite. To the opposite yeah. side. So you're taking, you know. Weary people. You're taking weary people. People frust- who are sad. Frustration. Hurt. Pe- people that, you know, don't know the scriptures, maybe have been hurt by churches. Right. And so forth. And so they're over there. Vulnerable. Basically what it is, what Set this up. is coming in. Yep. It's basically setting up. Mm-hmm. It's a new age situation. Yep, it is. It's a, it's a whole a taking. Yep. Uh, supposedly. Well, presenting God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit according to a New Age Universalist, everything's mm-hmm. okay, and, and that that sort of thing. So, and, and honey, listen, when people are, for, it's a pendulum, it's a torture rack. You got on the one side, you've got the religious, strict, legalistic uh, law, work, striving that's been promoted by Calvinism, that's been promoted by uh, the depravity of man and all that stuff for many, many generations. And now people are weary of that, so they're vulnerable and open to swinging to this sweet, peaceful, loving, you know, God is, you know, whatever he is, he's ever, he's anything you want him to be kind of God. So it's kind of like a, a reaction to the rigid, now we have this, this uh, I don't know what we even want to call this, but it is dangerous because we are being set up on this torture rack constantly. The only way we can have solid footing in this whole matter is to walk in the word of God, walk in the truth of God, and know that the Holy Spirit is leading us. And even, you know, what's going on with, with world missions, and you know, bringing the gospel to people, there is a whole new wave of, of so-called evangelical Christian leaders. The social gospel, the green gospel, the do-good gospel? Not necessarily that. Basically, you don't have to leave your pagan religion. You can just add Jesus if you want to. Well, that's what they did way back in the days of Constantine. Right, right, exactly. They added the Catholicism to the paganism. It was a whole mixture. We don't want to offend 
these these believers, these pagan right. believers. We want to bring them so in. So we'll keep all mm-hmm. these pagan practices and kind of sanctify them because we're the church. We can do that. We can kind of purify these things. But they brought in all this, and that remains today in, in the Catholic Church today. But anyway, um, here's, here's some of these people. Here's a, here's a quotation, a guy named Leonard Sweet. One can be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ without denying the flickers of the sacred in followers of Yahweh or Kali or Krishna. Here's what Rick Warren says. I happen to know people who are followers of Christ in other religions. He says, uh, Thomas Merton says, I see no contradiction between Buddhism and Christianity. I intend to become a good Buddhist, as good a Buddhist as I can. A guy named Peter Kreeft says, Allah is not another God. We worship the same God. That, that's it's just a that's total bold-faced true. lie. Mm-hmm. The same God, the very mm-hmm. same God we worship in Christ mm-hmm. is the God of the Jews and the, and the same ones that the Muslims worship, which is not. The Muslims are basically... Uh, you know, their worship Satan. We're not here uh, to be exclusivists, but well, the truth is Jesus, Jesus Christ is, is the one, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. But it, Satan says, oh, no, there there are many ways, false Jesus. First of all, he set up the false angels of light, ministers of righteousness in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul's talking about these guys who come in as false uh, pretenders, peddlers of the Gospels, they they can do the signs and lying signs and wonders and miracles, and they have the charisma, and they have the ability to power and to pull and influence people. And you're being influenced by a man and not by Jesus Christ. By And this is where the danger comes, because Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but by me. doesn't come to God through the Pope, doesn't come to God through uh, your favorite, you know, pastor or your favorite, you know. Author. Yeah. He come, we come to Jesus Christ all the same way. Through the shed blood, through the, the repentance, through confession of sin, and turning our hearts, surrendering to God and saying, I can't get to heaven on my own. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. And, you, you know, what an insult. When you have people saying you can, you know, accept Jesus and then keep your old religion, mm-hmm. what an insult. To, yeah. You know, here's what one uh, person uh, wrote here, Roger Oakland. He said, um, if if you believe that you can have Jesus without Christianity, the results could be devastating, very well be likely undo the tireless efforts of many dedicated missionaries around the world. These Bible-believing missionaries have risked their lives in giving up comforts and ease to travel around the world, sharing the good news that becoming a Christian, having Jesus come into your heart and life, is the way to eternal life. Now, right behind them come emerging church missionaries, which they... they they shouldn't yeah. even be called that. They have a mission, but it's not the mission of Christ, yeah. who say Christianity is a terrible religion and Christians are out to lunch. And just, so just become a Christ follower and you don't even have to tell anyone about it. In fact, you can still live like you always have. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. the view. Well, that's another gospel. That's what that's Paul was talking about gospel. in Galatians. He said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And this was back in, you know, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years after Jesus died on the cross, uh, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, angel from heaven, preaches any other gospel, which we have seen that come, angels come down to fallen angels, presenting false gospels, 
to various people who they think was from God. Um, the, if you, if you, if he or we are an angel from heaven preaches any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. He's saying, even if I come to you preaching another gospel, don't believe it. He says, and he says here, and then he goes on to verse 10, or do I persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? He's saying, I'm not a man pleaser. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not going to surrender my allegiance to Jesus Christ and the God of uh, heaven and earth uh, to become popular to you because I'm, a, I'm afraid of what you will say. I will stand. If I have to stand up by myself, I'm going to stand. And then he says um, in chapter three of Galatians, he says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. They lived in the day. Some of them were still alive. I'm sure that had seen Jesus actually crucified or been in that, you know, that time period. And he says, who's bewitching you? And I would say the same thing. Who has bewitched us? And where does bewitching come from? It doesn't come from the kingdom of God or the spirit of God. Bewitching comes from an enticing, seducing spirit of divination and deception. Divination, by the way, is one of the um, elements of the spirit of deception. Divination comes uh, to create an appearance of truth. It comes to present something. It's, you're being tricked. You're falling for a lie. You're believing that what you're seeing or what you're being told is accurate. Is, 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 there's no fine print. It's the, it is what it is. And you buy into that, but it was deliberately presented to you as truth so that you would be deceived. And it was presented as light. It was presented as truth, as goodness, as a, as a good deal. I don't care if you, if you got bought and bought into a, 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 a something from a salesman on a secular situation or in the church. But see, this divination spirit, which enticed the people in the book of Acts 16, 16, when Paul and Silas were going to do their evangelistic crusade in, uh, was it Philippi, I think it was, or Ephesus, one of the two. Anyway, the, this woman, this fortune teller, joined the congregation, the audience, the, uh, the workshop, the seminar, the whatever, the church service. And she began to spout out, these are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation. These are the men of the Most High God who bring us the way of salvation. And she was like really kind of like annoying because, you know, she was saying the absolute correct truth. She was saying these are the men of the Most But something about what she was doing was not happy, wasn't making Paul happy. He was annoyed because something in his spirit was being stirred up because there's something not right here. And when your spirit gets annoyed, pay attention. Paul had to pay attention after about three days. He paid attention and he said, he went and he said to her, you spirit of divination come out of her. And immediately a spirit named divination or called divination came out of her and she lost her fortune telling powers. And then of course, all hell broke loose because her got the, her, her owners were mad because now they lost their income. But see, she was being used to bewitch. She was being used to lie. She was being used. And, and you say, well, how does this work? Well, here's the deal. If, if you, an honorable Christian, you know, are, you know, for myself, for example, in my ministry recovery, let's just say I had the chief psychics town passing out my business cards. And what would you say if you got a business card about my ministry of recovering life, deliverance, healing, whatever, and you got it from who you knew to be a psychic. Now, what would you think? You would be confused. And that's what was happening here in the book of Acts. 
these people were being confused about this woman because she wasn't called on the carpet. And this is the problem in the church today. The, the leaders in the church do not discern to call on the carpet these Jezebels, bewitching spirits, whether it's in the, the movie theater or in their congregation. What they're mostly busy doing is building a facade of a lie. They're, they're, they're setting up nicer uh, you know, venues in which to, in the comfort of your, you know, your theater seat, you can worship God and get a feeling that is from probably a false you know, spirit, an antichrist spirit, and you think you went to church. And you, because, because, because they had a Bible or they had a laptop that, that had the, uh, the, a version of the Bible, probably the, the message on it, and they used a couple of words, maybe used Jesus, maybe used one scripture or whatever, and you think you've been in the presence of God. And you've not been in the presence of God at all. You've been in the presence of a circus, a sideshow, a total uh, facade pretending. Because in the, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a couple of things that happen. When you really stand up for Jesus Christ, there will be suffering. There will be persecution. There will be alienation from people. And, and it's not because we're rude, obnoxious. But it's because that's Jesus Christ is hated by the God of this world. The God of this world is the God of this world, and he hates Jesus Christ. And his name is Satan. Lucifer, the prince of the power of the air, whatever you want to call him, the God of mammon. He's not happy with anybody who follows Jesus Christ, and he will persecute them. You're talking about those that are leading people astray, and you have a good feeling, you have a nice building, you have a highly talented worship team that yeah. makes you feel the presence of God, that sort of thing. Those that advocate what we were talking about, that you can still you know, just live your life, accept Jesus, and then live the same way you were. Mm-hmm. And that basically... No, nothing you, changes. No, nothing changes. You, mm-hmm. you just, it's all universal. A false gospel. What does, what does uh, Paul say about this? He says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen 13 mm-hmm. um, through 15, for such are what? False apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Okay, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself. Mm -hmm. He's a transformer, right? Into an angel of light. Light. Uh Oh, truth, light, goodness, Mm. mushy, mushy feelings, whatever. Uh, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Mm -hmm. So the deception doesn't come from like, you know, necessarily the leader of the local Satanist cult that's doing human sacrifice. It comes from the nice guy, the Mm -hmm. sharp looking, charismatic uh, pastor, uh, teacher, leader, apostle that's leading a a mega church somewhere and, and, or a small group of people Mm -hmm. um, transform into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. And what, what, what's going on in our, in our world, in our nation um, is like uh, Isaiah fifty nine twelve through uh, 15. For our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. As for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing from our God, speaking oppression and, re- and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, mm-hmm. lies. Mm-hmm. Okay, the lies that are in our hearts and our mouth. And here's these last two verses, 14 and 15, Isaiah 59. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For what? Truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Justice, in other words. And so truth fails. Mm-hmm. 
and he who departs from evil makes, makes himself, himself a, prey. a prey. So mm-hmm. those who really stand for what is true and right, they're the ones that basically make we will tolerate. A prey. Every, we will tolerate everything except those who persistently stand for the truth of the Word of God mm-hmm. and and well, the knowledge of Jesus. Paul Christ. and Isaiah, Jesus, they were all very aware of this trend and this tragedy that was going to happen in Acts 20, chapter twenty. Paul says. Um, Verse 27, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So that's very precious, obviously. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. And he's kind of using this as his farewell. Now, therefore, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Um, You know, the thing is, we're not here to knock people. It's really, you know, but Jesus did say, he says, I didn't come to bring unity. He says, I came to bring goodwill, but I also came to bring a sword where mothers would be against daughters and fathers against, and, and people, he says, in the last days, he said, would end up hating. This is one of the signs of the end days, he says in Matthew again, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Okay, so that's where the and then false prophets will rise up to kind of skim off these disgruntled people and get followers for themselves. And because of lawlessness, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. People just say, I don't even want to deal with this. But he says in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So there's, there's a testimony. The gospel is preached so God can say, I've told you, you had a chance. I'm not, you know, this is the, but, but if the mixed gospel, and by the way, there's nothing more devious and diabolical and treacherous than Satan creating all these counterfeit concepts and precepts of the gospel. It's like what he does is he takes, you know, the good pure food, oatmeal, for example, and puts lots of brown sugar on it, lots of raisins in it and cinnamon and milk and the whole nine yards. And then he sprinkles a handful of of, of gravel in it. And so, you know, you eat that thinking you're getting oatmeal, the word of God, the nourishment of the word of God, but you're getting a mixture. And people, this is this is the most this is the most important, critical thing in your personal destiny, your personal where you're going to end up is to know the truth. Now, the truth spoken in love causes people to grow up. If you're if you're resist angry and upset about being deceived, that's good. But if you're resisting when somebody is, is instructing you or trying to warn you, and it's a true warning from God and you're resisting, then check that out. That is not God. That's not the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth. That is another spirit that's trying to rally, lobby inside of your, your soul to debate, to set up a debate between your spirit and your soul. And, and God's word says his spirit. He says, well, how, you say, well, how can I know the truth? It says in the word God's spirit, Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we can know the truth. 
He says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? But God has revealed those things to, to us by his spirit that we might know. And that's second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. So the thing is, God's spirit, God, first of all, God created you and me in his image to know the truth, to resonate with the truth. And yet we've been so familiarized with the, the counterfeit truths, the, the alien gospels. And, and so we put up with them. Paul says, I'm afraid you'll put up with this. You'll not resist it. And so they, we're so familiarized with these mixed gospels. And we're so used to going to church. And when you go to church next Sunday or whenever you go, Saturday or Friday night or whatever you do, go into that building and look around and say, what in this building re- reminds me of how they did it in the gospels and in the epistles? What is like that? Did they have vestments? No. Did they have a pulpit? Probably not. Did they have a sound system? Probably not. I'm not, I'm not saying a sound system is bad, but what did they put over that sound system? Was it all about ego? Was it all about, you know, manipulation? Was it all about, you know, entertainment, Entertainment, yeah, and a good feeling? No, they, they were on the upper room interceding. They were crying out to God. They were listening to the word. They were going out, you know, commissioned with, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, an enthusiasm of uh, anointing with power. Yeah, there you go. To preach the word of God and, and to live with Christ. It wasn't, okay, now I get to go and feel good about myself for a while again. It was to live as Christ. In him, I live and move and have my being. It's not about me. It's not about my sin. And Satan is making some of the gospels about your sin, getting rid of your sin. He's making some of the gospels about you, and it's all about you, and you're your own God, and feel good, and believe in yourself. And, but the one true gospel is it's about Jesus Christ, and for me, to live is Christ. Well, Paul, you know, warned Timothy. You know, Timothy was a young man, you know, facing, you know, he was a pastor. Uh, he was facing a lot of things. There was a lot of opposition that came. Basically, someone said that uh, Christian, Christianity basically got thrown to the lions as soon as it was born. Uh, because really, you see the deception coming in right here in the first century. It's been going on ever since. The, the truth remains but the deceptions are just are just constant and mm-hmm. and, and involved and, and subtle and overt and everything. But yeah. he said he said of these days, Second uh, Timothy three thirteen. But evil men and impostors, I believe the King James there says seducers, mm-hmm. will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Um, he says, but you must continue the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from a child. That from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's true teaching for reproof, for correct, you know, for reproof, for correction. We need to be corrected. We need to be instructed for instruction and righteousness Uh that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and his kingdom. Yeah. Now, the shack says basically that's not going to happen. Right, yeah, that's right. And the word of God, okay, what are you going to believe? You're going to believe the shack or are you going to believe the scriptures? Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. We don't want to be convinced. We don't want to be rebuked. We don't want to be exhorted mm-hmm. with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come, and it's here right now. Mm-hmm. I'm adding that part. 
it's here right now. The time will come, and it has come in our day, that they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, yeah. they will heap up for themselves teachers, books. We mm-hmm. could say books, movies. movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to the fable. In other words, made-up stories. Mm-hmm. But he says, this is who we're addressing here today. You. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the evangelist fulfill ministry mm-hmm. and so this is this is the exhortation absolutely clear very clear isn't it and the thing is that you know what the enemy is trying to do the wiles of Satan. a lot of people don't even believe that in the devil or that there is a devil influenced in being provoked by him and instructed by him and counted by him and the angels of light come in as false holy spirits and spirit guides and all kinds of things but the wiles of the enemy really are to shift the center point of the gospel. For God so loved the world, and I am the way, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The truth, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Um, to the verses in, in Matthew, um, you know, Satan's favorite verse, I think, where he provokes and um, uses as kind of a whip and a, and, a, and a judgment against us. He says, judge not lest you be judged, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And so he, he's basically saying to us, that's not very loving. To judge someone is not loving, but that's not scriptural. He's, but God wants us to judge righteous judgment. He doesn't want us to judge by appearance. John seven twenty four it says, don't judge according to appearance, yeah. but judge righteous judgment. And, and so there is a place. This verse to... of judgment in seven, Jesus is talking about don't judge that person uh, until you take the speck or the, I should say the plank out of your own eye. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But the enemy is using this verse to intimidate, uh, pacify, quiet down, shut down any outcry against the lie. And so, you know, if you don't accept the behavior of the, the, the blatantly uh, you know, violating of God's law, people who do this and that. And, you know, those poor people, they're just being deceived, obviously. And we don't hate them. We love them. And so, you know, but the thing is, Satan says, if you love, you have to agree with, you have to condone, you have to go along with all their behavior or you don't love them. And that is not what we do when we parent our children. Your children, when your children get out of hand in the point where they can intimidate you and say, if you don't give me this, whatever, whatever, you don't love me. If you don't let me do this, if you don't let me go sleeping around when I'm 15, if you don't let me do that, you don't really love me. Now, at that point, you're, 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 your relationship with that child is out of control. You've lost control because now they are using. Now, how are you going to come back and say, no, honey, I love you. And because of the fact that I love you, I'm laying down the law and I'm saying no to the, to the you know, premature sex or, you know, premarital sex, I should say. What? We have done this, the Satan is doing the same things to us to get us pushed in a corner where we can't say anything bad about anybody. We have to tolerate everybody. And yet, if you look at crazy, take, extrapolate that, that thought, that behavior, these people who are so, you know, want love, want justice, want freedom for everybody, rights for everybody, blah, blah, blah. How filthy and vile and contemptuous and hateful they are. And in the end, they have to stand for everything they hate. They have to stand for pedophilia, which I hope we still hate. They have to stand for, um, you know, uh, betraying, you know, for 
for, for they actually stand for littering and messing up the environment when they're screaming for the rights of the environment, and yet they become violators of their own precepts. And this is exactly what, what Jesus showed them they did in the law when they got to the point where it was not even legal to do good on the Sabbath, and they were accusing him of breaking the law on the Sabbath because he healed people. Jesus was saying, this is ridiculous. My father is not against doing good on the Sabbath. My father is not against this man being healed on the Sabbath. And you think that you, you read the scriptures, he says, but in them you think you have eternal life, but there they would speak of me. They were reading the scriptures and missing the point. And this is what happens so many times. Now, judge not. That, what happens here is we get twisted and, and, and switched out because I can discern something. And we need to be corrected. The church, we're not above correction. We're not above instruction. We're not above, when you're a child, you need to be trained. We're not above being trained by God or corrected. And if you take that as an insult against your, your rights and your free will, then there's something else responding in you that's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is not offended because of correction. He's not offended because of words of instruction and righteousness. As a matter of fact, that is what he is promoting in you. And this, if you're hearing this right now, this is part of what God is doing to turn the light on for you to see what, wait, 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 what's going on here? What don't buy into everything that they tell you. And especially if it's real popular, if it gets really well promoted in this world, it is, uh, it has been approved of by this world system and this world system promotes its own and it puts a kibosh on anything that would be godly or originating in the Lord God. And, and you could include the church system as part of this world right. system too. Anything that's promoted by the professor that grows, church, that's, that's it's, you know, it's exciting, jump on it's the bandwagon. On the bandwagon, you got to yeah. have this book. You got to do this. That's and there, this you follow this. That fad. is suspect. There's 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 fads. There's so because, many fads because that come honey, through. because that that's the inst- instigator of the fads, the fashions, the, the pulling of the masses this way and that way, the persuasions, the political this and that, the rabble, the the media. Uh, it's all. Under the counsel of the God of this world, the God of this world challenged Jesus in the wilderness to jump down, to bow down, to worship him, to turn the stones into bread. And Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, you know, um, thou shalt worship him. All these kinds of things. Uh, Jesus didn't jump ahead of himself. He didn't try to prove anything to the devil but he recognized that the god of this world at this point when G- when the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and jesus he said just bow down i'll give them to you jesus says i ain't buying that he says you got them only temporarily i get them for good i get them for keeps why would i give away my right to keep the kingdom forever to get the kingdom to, to get it for 20 minutes i'm not stupid and so he wouldn't bow down to satan but the thing is we're doing that all the time not realizing that the god of this world has he he runs the he promotes he, he you know what I was listening to a a song the other day I guess it was really popular in the eighties like it was the number one song of the decade or what of the decade actually nineteen eighty one and you know what I listened to the song I watched the video and I was just like what ick this doesn't even this doesn't even got it doesn't sound right the music's not right it's the words make no sense the video doesn't connect with the words. And this was the video of the year or of the decade. I'm thinking, because why? The only reason it makes sense is because it was promoted by Satan, because it worked into his agenda. Why are these movies so popular? Why are they being spewed out from Hollywood and everywhere else at 
a 10 a minute or a million a minute is because they are they're 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 authorized they're uh they're promoted they're um uh instigated initiated um authorized yeah by the god of this world as part of the agenda don't be deceived so we hear we hear uh you know a lot of these you know seeker friendly the way we do you know church services the way we dress the way we mm-hmm. you know seeker sensitive you 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 don't want to offend anybody you want to just gradually sort of give somebody a a little taste of this and a taste of that and 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 we'd want it to be relevant but right. relevance relevance is really another word for compromise tolerance this is the big word tolerance we want to tell we tolerate everything except the truth that's mm-hmm. basically what it amounts but tolerance is another word for acceptance of error in our culture and let me i just want to share this too that uh, uh, there's a there's a book here called um, the Antichrist Chronicles by a guy named Terry James, and he's got something very interesting here, and, and I think it relates to what we're what we're talking about here today. He's saying uh, he writes here what he believes is Satan's number one priority. Mm. Okay, he says some would say, well, it's um, the assault Satan's assault against marriage, perverting marriage. Now we have you know sexual marriage and so forth or homosexuality, uh, is, is the number one uh, priority of Satan uh, the murder of babies in their mother's wombs, abortion? Is it greed, uh, uh, moving toward a one-world economic system? Is it, desecr- is it hatred of God? Is it hatred of God? And then along with that, hatred of, of people for one another, so we have all these wars and conflicts and so forth. Is, it, is, is, is his number one assault uh, hatred for God's chosen people, Israel. Um, is it? Um, uh, but he says here's he he's convinced this that Satan's number one priority is to convince much of mankind as possible to do away with one particular scripture. That's it. Just do away with one scripture, and the devil's plan will blossom to full bloom, and men and women and children will be swept into the abyss. Mm-hmm. And he said. Um, the number one priority is convince Americans, Christians, that Jesus wanted, above all, unity of belief. Jesus Christ wanted us to accept that unity of all religious systems must be achieved and that his followers must learn to tolerate each other and all other so-called believers, no matter what their beliefs. And he says, we, secondly, it, the devil wants us to believe that the real gospel is that we must not be judgmental. If we just would not be just judgmental, Rant goes, we would tolerate all religious belief systems. Yeah. This would produce unity, which is what Christ taught. And basically he's saying this. He says what happens is Matthew 7, 1, judge not that you be judged, yeah. uh-huh. as essentially it, it, it's that we're not to judge others. In other words, we accept everything. We accept everything. Um, he's the, the father of lies has convinced an ever-growing number of Christians, and of course, multiplied millions of others, that the new scripture personifying Christianity is Matthew seven one: "Judge not, that you be not judged." Rather than John three sixteen, he says, if he can just get us to reject this one verse, which is John fourteen six: "I am the way, the truth, and the life; no man cometh to the Father but by me." He says that if if we can just reject that verse, 
The way will be clear for unity and tolerance. It will forever do away with judgmentalism. We must realize that Pope Francis Mm -hmm. Francis gave lip service recently to this new tolerance by implying there are many pathways to God. Jesus said, however, that he will one day say to those who fall victim of such a, a satanic convolution of God's word, he says, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from mm-hmm. me, you that work iniquity. So, well, Satan is able, like you said, with that. He's so twisted. He's so devious. He's so clever. He, he really knows the word pretty well. And, and yet Jesus said in the end, this is what is going to be the telltale sign of your, you know, your true, uh, me, you know, uh, membership in the body of Christ is that you love one another. And so Satan twists this love around to look like acceptance, condoning, true love, the definition of true love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love suffers. True love lays down its life for its friend or, or it's, you know, it lays down. Jesus laid down his life for his enemies. He laid down when we were yet sinners, when we were yet hostile to him, he laid down his life. So the true love that God is looking for is not a love that accepts and condones evil and, and for the sake of unity and for the sake of harmony and for the sake of man fear and for the sake of being accepted. The true love of God is the love that stands up and lays down, becomes a prey, knows the truth. And I believe that now is what we need to do with understanding if you love God, you're willing to stand for the truth. First of all, know the truth yourself. Don't just take what we're saying. Go before the Lord yourself. Go, you open up your Bible and see what God is saying to you because you know what? I don't have to give an account of your soul uh, or for your soul. I have to give an account for my soul. And, and nobody can, can give you an endorsement uh, to get into heaven. The, the, the tickets have already been bought by Jesus Christ, paid for by his blood. There's only one way you can get them, and that is through the acceptance of Jesus Christ. There's no, you know, lock, stock, and barrel groupons, coupons to get in to heaven. It is you and your relationship with the Lord and his word. And I pray and we pray that you will be fruitful in the Lord's work. You will not be cut down, deceived, mowed over by this. These are these events like the shack. They're going to bring forth the, the true colors. They're opportunities for people to say yes or no to be deceived or to stand in the truth. At some point, you're going to have to come out from among the, the, the clan, the group, the mass of a hysteria, and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. This might mean you have to come out of your, your church, or it might mean you have to come out of your, your, uh, your work situation or your political situation, or your, even in your own mind, you have to come out from among all the clatter and, chat, uh, and chatter and become uh, stand for the truth, whether you live or die. It's about, you know, it's, it's about may come to life and death. It may come to the place of those who truly love the Lord God will lay down their lives as it's indicated in the Bible. But this is something for you to ponder and really pray about because it is your eternal destiny that's in, in, right. in uh, and, the, and this, the balance. The shack, the book, the movie, it's just one manifestation of One of many, of one continuing. Of many that are there. If you want to look more about the shack, you can go on the website, Eric Barger, E-R-I-C-B-A-R-G-E-R. Or, yeah. or there is a book out to, called uh, Burning Down the Shack, which mm-hmm. gives, it exposes a lot of the scriptural errors that are found yeah. therein. Yeah. But let's pray yeah. right okay. now. Father, just thank you, Lord. Lord, we are here to just, you know, you, Jude said to us that we're to earnestly contend for the faith. So, Lord, the faith. The, not just faith, but the faith, the body of Christian truth, 
mm-hmm. that centers on Jesus Christ and his salvation, the true gospel. And so, Lord, help us all in these days to live with grace, with wisdom, mm-hmm. and with, with patience and gentleness, instructing those that oppose themselves and oppose the truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lord, may we see this um, things like the shack or things that people believe as opportunities to present the truth and that we would speak the truth in love, mm-hmm. that we wouldn't compromise the truth, but we would speak it, declare it, demonstrate it with your true love. And because we know truth upholds love, love upholds truth. And um, there's no love without truth, but mm-hmm. help us to communicate that faithfully by your grace, by your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Join us next week for uh, Rescue Radio and on April 8th, uh, it's a Saturday, in Dayton, Minnesota for The Story of the Sun and the Serpent Part 2. Get more information on the website, liferecovery.com. God bless you guys. Have a great day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.